welcome to Hey Adora, your queer she podcast. I'm Force Captain Map, they them. And I am Princess Jenny, she her. And today we are talking about the Valley of the Lost. Ooh, okay, it's, we are fully into season four. We are fully into season four. Emo shit will happen in season four. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> The Valley of the Lost was written by Catherine Nolfi with storyboards by Charlemagne Coe, Oliver Malrick, Belinda Smith, and David Smith. It was directed by Mandy Clotworthy, and it is the second episode of the fourth season, and it's in the desert. Nice. Mef, I have a question for you. Okay. Have you been through the desert on a horse with no name? It was good to be back in the rain. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they have a whole story about the desert and what it's like there. But, you know, I did come back to the horse with no name. Yes, yes. You have yeah. recently been to the desert. I have. I have I also I, been to the desert, just not recently. Yeah, I, you know, our regular listeners know that I'm a nerd about the desert. So I have recently been to the desert. It was fun. And, and uh, I'm back. always. And now I'm back. Yes. Huzzah! They want to go to Bright Moon? But we are not starting, yes, in the desert. We are starting in the Bright Moon War Room. In the War Room. Yes, we are starting with Bo, Adora, and Huntara, who are all waiting on Glimmer to join them since she called them there. Rude. I know. I, but Huntara in the War Room? Awesome. Yes. Love it. Yes, she is Love not concerned about, about anything. She's leaning back in her chair, filing her nails. Because yeah. kids, even though you might associate nail filing with girly femme behavior, it is not necessarily girly femme behavior if you are a queer, afab bodied person who likes to get sexy with other afab bodied people. It's just hygiene and safety. <laughs> Well, also, it's really, you know, if you live in the desert, you don't want to get sand under your nails, too. I mean, that is true, but I really feel yeah. like it's more about. Oh, no, this is definitely like towards a, people she might be fucking in the future. This is top energy shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we have Huntara filing her nails in the war room. Chilling like a villain. Chilling like an ex-villain. Yes. And everyone's kind of like, ah, why did Glimmer call us here? We don't know. My wah, wah. And, and like a, poof, here's Glimmer and she's very excited that you're all here. Just hang on one sec, okay? Poof, she's gone again. Yeah, you know, she's acting like a kid that got like a new toy or like like when you get like a new appliance and you're like, cause I'm gonna show how really cool and old I am. When I was like, oh, when I got my Instapot, I'm like, oh my Instapot, I'm gonna make everything in my Instapot. And like you make stuff in your Instapot that you don't have to make in your Instapot, oh, but yeah. you're still doing it. Oh yeah. yeah. I relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what Glimmer is doing only with, you know, teleportation. Yes. And it's not just the teleportation. It's also that she has leveled up. She finally gets to run the missions. Yes. And she's so excited about it. She's yeah, put she's together pretty a stoked. great mission. And, you know, she hasn't fully articulated it, but she is in it. And she's super excited about it. Yeah. She has an anti-horde strategy. Yes. Yes. And so, so cool. she poofs out without fully explaining herself. And everyone except Huntara is like, whoa. And Huntara is just so amused and so fully relaxed. Just leaning back in the chair. She says, oh, oh I see. She's really taking just this queen stuff seriously. Love it. And Huntara is just, just so funny. Such a badass. So funny. Such a badass. Yes. Thank you. Also, thank you, Gina Davis, for, you know, continuously bringing it for Huntara. A thousand percent. Love it. So Glimmer's fucking pumped with her new anti-horde strategy. And she goes in, you know, just picks up 
Mermista. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mermista, who is equally unconcerned, she brought yeah. her snack along with her for whatever yeah, this she's... is. Yeah, we don't know where she was, but obviously she might have just been, you know, waiting for her burger while, you know, she already had her shake. She's just chilling with her snack. I think I'm just hungry. You could be. Yeah, I think I'm Maybe just hungry. Maybe we should get you a burger and a snack. That would be great. Um, so we have, you know, we have Mermista just chilling with her snack. And Glimmer explains the plan that Mermista is going to go with Adora, Bo, and Huntara on a mission to retrieve Mara's ship from the Crimson Waste. And that Bo will repair it. And then they'll have a spaceship. And then they're going to win. And everyone's going to get candy. And Yes, and then what, she I, pumps her arms out with imaginary punches displaying how they're all going to win in the end. And it's going to be the greatest anti-horde strategy ever. But there's a problem. What's the problem? Mermista needs water. Yeah, maybe there's don't really send no... don't send your water bender to the desert. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen what how how that goes. Yes, and Glimmer makes the most hilarious face as Adora points this out. The most funniest, sad, doe <laughs> face. Mm-hmm. She looks at Mermista. She looks back at the camera, and Mermista's just slurping, slurping. Without saying a she, word. The whole thing is silent. It's like this silent beat. Like, yeah. Hmm? Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. And the whole, like, is this comedy or is this comedy? Uh, it's great. It's co- it's comedy. It is comedic. Yes. So poof. Glimmer poof. takes Mermista. Poofs out again. Huntara. She going to do that all the time now? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. And then who's so, the next person to run into the room? So we have General Juliet with her awesome side shave. Yes, letting our everybody know that General. We love her. And she lets everybody know that, you know, Glimmer should probably be in a meeting right now instead of, you know, teleporting around Ethereum. Yes, yeah, she is needed in the defense meeting immediately. And, and this is why it sucks to be the boss. Yeah, you can't just do whatever you want to do. You, you got can't responsibilities, just do, You got man. responsibilities. You have to continue to build and plan your anti-hort strategy. You can't just say you have one and go poofing all yes. over Etheria. So Glimmer return poofs with Perfuma, who has snow on her shoulders because Glimmer got lost along the way. So we now know it's not just one continuous poof. She still has to stagger the poofs, but she does have yeah. enough juice to do that. She poof jumps. She poof jumps, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, um... Like the guy from X-Men. Like Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. yes, thank you. Yeah. Exactly like that. Nightcrawler bamfs, though. Bamfs, yes. Different, 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 different sound effects. word, but same concept. Pf. yes. 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 Poof, bamf, they're all great. Yes, yes. And Perfume is not really in the best mood. Yes, and she expresses it in the most Perfuma way possible. Like, she's annoyed at being pulled away from her morning routine without notice, but she is trying to make the best of it and put a positive spin on because that's how she do. Sure. And I think this is going to be really interesting throughout the episode. And we're going to see how this parallels with the idea oh, of like what you present versus, you know, where you are internally. Yeah. But I really want to get Perfuma mug or maybe make one that says, don't talk to me before I've had my morning tea ceremony. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it would be fantastic because this is what they try to do. And Perfuma needs her centering. She needs her daily tea ceremony. Yeah. She needs to do her morning, her morning intention setting. She's entitled and to do she, whatever she needs to do to get her intentions absolutely. right for the day. I mean, damn, you know, I need to do a lot of stuff before I can actually do anything in my day. 
So, you know, yeah, good for her. Yeah, and my mom would tell anyone who would listen, do not talk to me in the first half hour that I'm awake. Regardless yeah. of what I have or have not accomplished during those first 30 minutes, do not even attempt to talk to me. <laughs> Because yeah, nothing I mean, good will come of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, some folks just, uh, they know what they need in the morning. Exactly, exactly. But Glimmer kind does not of a... pick up on any of this. No, no, she does not. And Glimmer, you know, drops this, oh, by the way, Perfuma, we're going to send you to the Crimson Waste. As my first act as queen, I'm sending you all on this mission while I... Stay back and do important queen duties. Blah. Aw, sorry, Glimmer. Like That's a bummer. Like a balloon. I know. As she's saying these words. I know. And Adora's like trying to be a good friend yeah. and is like, eh, it's not going to be that fun. It'll, It'll be, be boring. boring. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, of course, you know, that's like the equivalent of saying what could possibly go wrong. Yes, right? indeed. Indeed. So and that's a good time for General Juliet to jump in and remind Queen Glimmer that she is extremely late for her next meeting. And Glimmer is not feeling this, but she cheers herself up by saying, yep. oh, well, we'll go the fun way. And she grabs <laughs> General Juliet and poofs away. It's a really strong opening scene. It really is. It's a it's strong, really strong comedic opening scene. Yeah, it's really nice. And it sets the tone for the episode really well. It does. After several really heavy episodes in a row. Yeah, this was a nice, like, bouncy change of pace, yes. which I love. Me too. So, same, dude. So that, same. Yeah, same. So then we have some credits. Credits, credits, credits. Jenny. Yes, Meth? I think you know the question I'm going to ask. I think I do, but I think you want to ask it anyway. I really do. Are we going to win in the end? If Glimmer has anything to say about it, we are damn well going to win in the end. Well, let's hope that Glimmer has everything to say about it because I want us to win in the end. I see that happening 100%. I'm cheering for us. I'm looking out for us. us. Yeah, Glimmer is a strong queen coming out hot. But you know what? She has been planning for this and dreaming of this for a long time. Yeah. She has nothing but the best of intentions. She is pure of heart and I believe in her. I believe in Glimmer, too. Yes. And all of our friends. I, I believe in them. And that's how I know we're going to win in the yes, end. Yes. Same. Me, too. So let's so want- hop on over to the Crimson Waste. So we're going back to the Waste. We hear some more spaghetti Western music. We hear some of that wonderful mm-hmm. electric, you know, electric guitar. We hear a lot more electric guitar in the Crimson Waste this time so than we did before. I am so aware of it now that I know what it is and have had it explained to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you learn. It's like maybe um, med students, they learn about a disease and they think they have it. I feel like I've learned about this thing and now I see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so we ha- for educating me. You're welcome. Me. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. So we have this great, you know, great electric guitar tone. <laughs> it's very cool. Yes. It's very, it's very desert, right? So we have... We have our our intrepid team of Adora, Bo, Perfuma, and Hantara walking through the waste. Yes. My first bullet after, you know, our friends walking through the desert, blah, blah, blah. Perfuma starts talking to Hantara, but Perfuma is so perky and Hantara is so gruff. OMG, how will this go down? Let's find out. <laughs> how will this work? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they're, so- they're opening dialogue. With their chatting, yeah. they're chatting. Perfume is like, uh, is this your kingdom? And Hatara just like slaps that She's down. She's like, oh, I'm not like, a princess. 
Oh, does not apply. Does not apply. And Hantara's, you know, still trying to make small talk. It must you mean be perfume. Nice to be perfume is Excuse still trying me. to make small talk. Yeah, she's not phased by this gruffness. Yeah, perfume is trying to make small talk. She's like, oh, it's still, it's nice to be home. Don't you miss it? And Hantara's like, just like, I left. Whatever. Now I'm back. Um, no need to make yeah. a big thing out of it. <laughs> And Perfume is still smiling through all of this. Yeah, she's trying. She's trying. I kind of have this. I have this as gayest moment. Like my first gayest moment. Absolutely. Um, because it kind of feels like you know, Perfume is kind of getting okay, okay, kind of feeling it. Natara is definitely a little bit flirty. It's definitely a little flirty. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, gayest moment number one between the two of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, Huntara tries to fill the awkward silence by finding a new topic. She says, so you make flowers? And you know how sometimes you have a skill that you're really, really confident about, just like the most confident you can be about this one particular skill that's really defining to you as a person. But maybe you're in a completely new environment where your skill doesn't transfer as well as you thought it would. And you end up looking like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, that happens to me like all the time. I mean, I think I've definitely it, been it there. It happens to all of us. Yeah. In, yeah, in moments definitely. when you might not expect it. So You're that's, like, oh, yeah, I could totally play that song on like three instruments. And then you pick it up and you're like, I'm playing it in the wrong key. And you pick up this instrument that maybe you didn't even know existed. Right. This you're is not like, an instrument that you thought could could challenge you in that way. <laughs> and, and I'm like, OK, fine. I'll play. No, no. Yes, and I can make a cake for any type of dietary restriction you have. Tell me your needs. I will make you a cake for those needs. And, you know, I have a recipe that translates to any of those things. And, you know, whatever it is, maybe I was confident that this type of vegan butter works for any recipe, (laughs) except maybe when you try to use it for your matzo brittle and you put it in the broiler and you find out some things can't be broiled. Oh, no. I did have that experience with matzo brittle once. I tried to make it vegan using my standard dairy recipe, and I just straight uh-huh. transferred a certain type of vegan butter that I had used mm-hmm. a million times. And I was like, this vegan butter is 100% transferable to all recipes. And it was just like no. charred, black, crisp. Oh. So we've all been there. We've all been there. All been I had there, some perfuma. really. I had some really good matzo brittle. I bet you did. Or, like today like two days ago Yum. just you know throwing that out there sidebar anyway i love matzo yes brittle. sidebar happy passover to our jewish sidebar, friends happy passover happy Easter to, or- to anyone who celebrates happy ramadan happy spring seasonal holidays to all the people who observe spring seasonal holidays and if you're listening to this in the future which you definitely are which you definitely are have a wonderful day. Yes. Maybe happy Beltane. Oh, I don't know. Happy Beltane. Oh. I, don't know. I don't know when this is going to drop. Sexy Beltane. Sexy, sexy Beltane. Mm, have a sexy Beltane. So anyway, oh. back to Perfuma. <laughs> back to Perfuma. Who's going to have a who sexy telling, Beltane? Who's not, not having the sexiest of Beltanes right now. She's telling Huntara that she controls all plants and she tries to give a demo on the closest plant, which is a cactus. But mm-hmm. it does not go the way she thinks it's going to go. No. It ends up exploding into goo all over her. And she's just covered in goo. And this is not the first time she will be covered in goo. And there are worse in this things episode. that she will there be covered in. There are worse things she will be covered on. in. But right now it's just the goo. And Huntara is not impressed. And she asks Adora if we run into trouble, is Flower Girl going to be able to handle herself? 
And Adora's like, oh yeah, Perfuma, she's a demon in battle. And I love that, like, I love that the choice of words there was a demon because like about like two sentences before Perfuma talks about how she is blessed to be able to do like the plant stuff. And I just thought that was a really funny like dichotomy of like, I am blessed to do this. And Dara's like, oh, she's a demon. Yeah. I thought that was yeah, fun. Yeah. That was probably intentional. Um, that's oh, a really yeah. good point. And yeah, something, good writing. something about the way Adora says it also comes out really gay. She's like, oh, yeah, she's a demon in battle. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. My, oh, yeah. Everyone Adora- in my gay pack is totally fierce. You know, gay battle demon. I don't know. <laughs> totally fierce gay battle demon. I love that. Yeah. I want to be that. Or maybe I was just thinking about um, the politician who has been making the rounds on social media this week because he compared trans people to demons and imps like the mutants from X-Men. Did you see this? Yeah. Yeah, this dude totally does not understand. Like, this dude do does not, not understand the demons, X-Men. The mutants in X-Men are also from planet Earth because his whole point is this is planet Earth. As like, sir, the mutants in your analogy are also from planet Earth and the whole thing is a parable for civil rights. So not sure what your point is, but if you want to call us demons and imps, we can roll with that. Also, they're the good guys. Also, they're the good guys. The evil senators in X-Men are the evil senators. Right? Saying exactly what he's saying. It's like, dude, did you even... No, you, you didn't. Using you saw... this word. I do not think it means you... the way you think it means. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. So, anyway. so we have Adora and Huntara having, you know, having butch time together. Yes, yes. Butching out in the desert, so, butching away. Adora's not worried about Perfuma holding up in battle. Plus, she has this. And it's like, what, she have a bracelet? Who cares? No, it's not a bracelet. It is the subject of our next weapons corner. <laughs> Jenny's Weapons Corner. Yes. So even though this is not a weapon, it is a piece of armor. And I knew that it must have a name that was more specific than a piece of armor. So I feel like it falls under the general category of Weapons Corner because I I had to look it up. It's a specific piece of armor and armor goes with weapons. So I was like, that is not a bracelet. That is armor. And the name of this particular piece of armor is a Vambrace. Oh, I thought it was a gauntlet. Well, I looked it up and this is what I came up with. So the other thing that it's similar to is a bracer. But bracers Uh cover the inside of an archer's forearm to protect it while they're shooting a bow. Whereas a van brace is a plate of armor for the outer forearm. And neither one interferes with the wearer's mobility. The van brace is a tubular or gutter forearm guard that offers defense as part of a suit of plate armor. It's usually combined with gauntlets and sometimes with coutures or elbow defenses. Van braces can be made from boiled leather, iron or steel and sometimes reinforced with longitudinal strips of hardened hide or metal. They run the length of the forearm to the wrist and are kept in place with straps. Sometimes van braces were decorated with extravagant designs. Van braces were a key part of the Great Steppe and Islamic warrior armor. The term originates in the 14th century, but it's known van braces were worn in Poland until the 1770s, in the Caucasus region, Persia, and the Indian continent through the 19th century. 
Although there's plenty of evidence for Greek and Roman van braces, usually made of bronze and perfectly shaped to fit the wearer, there's only limited examples of iron splinted van braces in pre-Viking graves. So hmm. throughout history, cross-culturally, there's many examples of this. An important, cool. an important factor might be the evolution of the shield. So a larger shield means more protection for the arms and legs. In medieval mm-hmm. times, as heater shields began replacing flat-topped kite shields, it seems that leg and arm armor becomes more frequent again. And all of this information comes from MedievalBritain.com. Love it. So I'm sure <laughs> MedievalBritain.com. Yes, I'm sure there is more detailed and in-depth information out there to be had. This is just a cursory glance at what is that thing that is definitely not a bracelet. Love it. So there you have it. Weapons corner. Weapons corner. Thank you, Jenny. You are so I, welcome. I feel super informed now. I am happy to help. I'm very happy. Yay! I aimed please. So back to the scene, Huntara says it's a bracelet and Adora says no in the most petulant way possible. As she whips it back out into its sword form and says, this is how I'll carry my sword from now on, which begs the question, how is she carrying it before? Because we've never seen it strapped to her back. Right. Well, it's like hovered. Remember, like hovered on her back. No, but we've never really. I mean, occasionally, but most of the time we don't even see that. It's okay. I know. It's magic. I love that Adora is also doing the playing with her special toy thing as well. Yes. Like, just like Glimmer was doing. Of course. It's like, I mean, everybody has their new special toys. It is pretty genius. I agree with her. Yeah. This is a great way to carry it. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, Antara, unfortunately, thinks that despite this genius move, all of Adora's time with the princesses has made her soft. What? Zoom in on Huntara's lips as she says this word, soft, so we all know how serious this accusation is. This is serious. You don't be you don't get to be soft no, in the crimson waste. No. And especially not if you are from the horde. They no. they both Too- trained in the horde. They're both originally from the horde. Yeah. So those this two accusation things, both of those are them big nopes. are like big how, nopes. how dare you, sir? Yep. How dare you, sir? Adora Chicken? is not having this. Nope. And Adora, so Adora has to, you know, be Daddy Adora, and is like pumped up as ever. Bitch, I could beat you to the ship. Yes. And before they even start the race, I have another gayest moment here because oh, oh, Adora yes. reacts to Huntara calling her soft. She's got an angry sneer, but I paused at that moment. I happen to pause and Huntara stands having just accused Adora of being soft is just so fucking cocky gay perfection. Huntara's entire body is like a full body cocky gay smirk. She's got her arms folded. She's leaning back. She's got a hip and a shoulder tilt with the smirk, with the eyebrows. It's a full body cocky gay smirk, like next level. Her entire body is doing it. Awesome. She's like, yeah, I yes. said it. What are you going to do? Yeah, I love the yeah. I said it, Butch Lean. That's yes, a good one. Yes, that sums it up perfectly. And yeah, Adora no, that's great. Asphyxiates on her own spit as she scoffs so hard at this accusation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, and now, into action they go. Into action they go. Which is my gayest moment? Yes. Is their butch off? Butching so. Butchley. Butching Butchley, running, being idiots by running in the desert. Yes. When they have no water. Right. But they got a race to find out who is the most not soft. Who is the most not soft. Yeah. 
And so then we go and to Bo watches them go and his expression uh-huh. of acceptance is just like Butch has got a butch. Yep. And then goes to being soft. Yep. <laughs> Which I love yep. because Bo's like, I don't have to prove anything. Yeah, hey, Bo let has me almost no insecurities. No, and no, this does definitely feed a little bit into something that um, both our friend head sorceress Sean has said and people in general have said is that Bo is a little too perfect. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any insecurities. He doesn't really have any flaws. And maybe that speaks to the writers or ND specifically having some hesitancy around portraying negativities for a black man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I can understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it is a disservice because he deserves to be a fully fleshed out person. Yeah, I mean, we do see more of his, like, you know, internal struggles and his flaws as we go on, but not as much as everybody yeah, else. Yeah, we eventually see him struggle with forgiving Glimmer um, yeah. more next season, but that's so understandable and so human. Right. You know, it's like he's almost, it's like, does this person have no insecurities? He's so secure in who he is. Yeah. He's very right. evolved. Let's just say that. He's a very evolved He's very human evolved. Being. Yeah, yeah. So, and right now, he wants yes. to be there for his pal, Perfume. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so he pulls an arrow and, sh- you know, points it right at her because that's how you get to be, that's how you, help you know, your there for your pal. Goo. Yeah, you just, you know, threaten them with an arrow. Right. And of course, Perfume is like, what the hell? Yes. And it, it's one of Bo's new toys. Everybody's so, got toys in this episode. Everyone's got new toys in this episode. And this <laughs> one... <laughs> Is yes, Jenny. Yes, yes, indeed. Bo's new arrow is covers a, is her a water. water gun arrow. It's a water gun, and Perfuma definitely <laughs> speaks to me. Like yes, says what I'm, we're all thinking, yes. which is why the hell do you have this? It just seems that there are easier ways. <laughs> and then she, you know, this is her like anger, like angry like and then she brings it back she uses her you know she she gives herself her pause she uses her dbt Mm -hmm. and is like your intention was kind thank you yes and Bo, continuing his role as group therapist says do you want to talk about it yeah and you know Perfuma does, you know, she's pretty, she's yeah. open to talk about yeah, his stuff. Yeah. You know, she talks about her feelings. She's really trying to be zen about this all, really keeping it together. But, you know, and she's, you know, but she's speaking her truth, which she always does. She just, she doesn't get cacti. She doesn't get them. They're rough. They're unfriendly. Yes. I mean, they're, they're spiny. <laughs> this is one thing that she cannot wrap her mind around. Yeah. They're so rough and unfriendly. <laughs> they're so rough and unfriendly. And, and is there anything more Perfuma? Then the line when she says, if I'm being honest and I always try to speak my truth. It's like, oh, that's, yes. Yeah, yeah that truth, is. Girl, speak your truth. Speak, do it. Yeah. So Be Bo Zen, speak your truth. And he eyes Huntara, who is still butching butchly away with Adora mm-hmm. ahead of them. And he replies <laughs> to Perfuma, well, <laughs> maybe if you gave cacti a chance you'll find that under that rough surface she's a really great friend and perfume is like what no i'm not talking about yeah perfume I'm has talking no about... idea what he's talking about she's like no why is like huh? this cacti things about huntara right and she's like no i'm no, d- it's about cacti I'm actually talking about the thing i'm talking about 
actually because that's what you know perfume is speaking her truth i mean it's you a know? reasonable analogy i can see sure. where Calbo got there but perfume says sure. no, they're the one plant i can't control or keep alive and everyone says they're so easy but you still have to water <laughs> them and i always underwater and then over water and as she's ranting she again brings herself back she centers herself by taking a breath and chanting om and in the transcript it just says she closes her eyes and hums which is not accurate at all no and so i actually i hope this is okay with you i prepared a little professor smart brain slash cultural awareness segment on chanting mantras and on specifically the word om Yes, let's do it. I'm stoked. <laughs> okay, cool. Because I feel like anyone who doesn't know should know. And people who do know would probably be a little bit irritated to see that represented as she closed her eyes and hummed. Right. It's not that. Right. So I would like to just begin by stating the obvious that I am not an expert on Eastern philosophy. I am a white person. I have not done super in-depth study on this topic, but I was introduced to meditation traditions as a young person. I did study Buddhism somewhat in college, so I'm just gonna talk about what I know about. And there are many people who are way more learned than I, and I'm gonna give you a couple resources, and if this piques your interest, of course, you can go far more into depth than what I'm about to tell you. So, she is chanting Om, which is a Sanskrit word, an ancient mantra used in the practices of Hinduism, Buddhism, other faiths, along with many meditation traditions. The word Om is a Sanskrit word. It's defined by Hindu scripture as the primordial sound of creation. I heard it explained to me as a younger person as the primal vibration from which all creation emerged at the beginning of time and which everything will return to at the end of time. Uh, chanting mantras has been part of sacred meditation practices for thousands of years, predating even Hindu and Buddhist traditions, going all the way back to Vedic Sanskrit. So what is a mantra? Uh, a very simple definition of a mantra is a word or sound repeated to aid concentration in meditation. That's a simple definition. A slightly more technical definition is a sacred utterance, a numinous sound, a syllable, word, or phenomes, or a group of words in Sanskrit, Pali, or other languages believed by practitioners to have religious, magical, or spiritual powers. Some mantras have a syntactic structure and a literal meaning, while others do not. So for example, a Jewish nigun, which is a wordless melody, can be a mantra. When we chant nigunim, it can become very much in the same idea that, you know, what you achieve by chanting a mantra. And some Jewish melodies with words can also be used as a mantra. And these meditation traditions are very similar across many cultures. So why do people do this practice of chanting mantras? So I'm going to give you an answer. And again, this is a question that could have thousands of answers. So the answer that I'm about to give you is from the Kripalu Center, and you can look this up on kripalu.org, K-R-I-P-A-L-U.org, from an article on their page, Five Ways Chanting Heals Us. Number one, chanting slows down the thinking mind. So the author writes, every time I chant, I feel like I'm being given an opportunity to get out of my mind. When we chant, our incessant thinking gets a rest, similar to the experience of meditation. 
Chanting is sometimes referred to as ecstatic meditation. The legendary kirtan artist, I'm sorry, I'm definitely going to mispronounce this person's name, Vyasaki Das explains the Sanskrit word mantra can be broken etymologically down into two root words, mana, which means the mind, and tra, which means to deliver. Thus, a mantra has the power to deliver the mind from material consciousness or perception to spiritual consciousness or enlightenment. Number two, chanting facilitates going more deeply into presence. And this is something that really resonated with me just from going to Shabbat services and doing, mm-hmm. you know, Hebrew chanting in mm-hmm. a group setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While chanting, people often report feeling a heightened awareness and a greater ability to rest in the moment of experience. There can be a distinct feeling of being at home with no need to be anywhere else or for things to be different. Accessing this deepening presence while chanting can remind us that it's possible to feel this way all the time. Hmm. Number three, and again, this totally resonates for me. It feels good to sing. There is a primal need that humans have to create sound together. This combined with the power of the mantra is a sweet recipe for increased happiness, healing, and abundance. People share that their moods are often elevated when chanting and the effects last long afterwards. I definitely agree with that. Oh yeah, definitely. Number four, chanting affects our breathing. When we chant, our breathing slows down and deepens. Slower breathing improves heart and lung function. As the Chinese proverb says, life is breath. One who half breathes, half lives. And number five, chanting promotes a feeling of connection to yourself and others. Chanting is a practice that deepens connection with source and with those around us. A powerful sense of oneness occurs during the process of singing together, a feeling that has been lost in our ever increasingly separate and busy lives. Chanting has the ability to purify and open the heart, which explains why it's increasing in popularity throughout the world. The friendships and connections that form within a chanting community are beautiful to experience and witness. Oh, I like that. And so most of these are things that I can connect to through my experiences in Jewish spiritual community. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. We have a Nigun group that meets once a month in my community just to chant. Oh, that's rad. Just to chant Niguns together. That's awesome. Yeah, and it is a meditative practice. It feels mm-hmm. good. It's healing. It's relaxing. Yeah, that's um, and great. so this is just one person's answer who does these practices. This is not an authoritative answer. And people, of course, can also do these practices as individuals. You don't have to only do them in community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that is about chanting mantras. And I wanted to also address the word OM specifically because it is out of all the mantras in existence, one of the most well-known, one of the most primal, basic, universal, and it has a lot of meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, you know, the primal vibration. Um, so rather than rely on my own limited knowledge, I pulled this from the Hindu American Foundation. So you can look this up at haf.org or look at any sources you wish. While to the layperson, it's synonymous to meditation and seen simply as a doorway to tranquility for yogic practitioners, the true meaning of Om is deeply embedded in Hindu philosophy, and to comprehend its truly profound effects, one must have a basic understanding of sound. Though many comprehend sound as merely something to be heard, its mechanism is a little more complex. Sound is made up of vibrations. These vibrations are produced from a source, travel through the air, and then are picked up by the ear before being interpreted by the brain, which assigns them some value. 
the number of vibrations per second is known as a frequency. Because all matter is composed of atomic material, which is in constant motion, everything and everyone vibrates on some frequency. It is well substantiated that sound vibration significantly impacts a person's physical, emotional, and mental state. By chanting OM, we can align our frequency with that of the original universal frequency, which is essential in spiritual practice. As an iron rod becomes hot as fire when it comes in contact with its flames, a person can spiritualize their life by staying in contact with the spiritual energy of the absolute. Cool. So... Heavy shit. Heavy shit. So this is what Perfume is trying to tap into to center herself. She's trying to yeah. bring herself into alignment with the with the core of the universe. Yeah. By doing this little momentary practice. And because we know this is a practice that she does regularly, it might not take her as long to come back into alignment as it would someone who had never done it before. You're just going to say right. for three seconds and come into alignment with the universe. You know, maybe, maybe not. But if this is a practice that you do regularly, daily, all the time, it might be easier to come back to it than, you know. So this is this is what's actually going on here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Jenny, that was great. I'm so glad that you enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. Thank you for letting me do a Professor Smart Brain moment. I did not want to step on your toes. No, no. My my. Oh, I always want to eat more knowledge in my mouth yes. all of the time. Tasty knowledge. So. Delicious. Tasty, tasty knowledge. I love it. Thank you. You're that was very awesome. You're welcome. And, you know, I do feel very connected to Perfuma. She's definitely part of my uh, Shira horoscope chart. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this was close to my heart. Yeah. And this is a great episode for Perfuma, too. It is. It is. Because like, she really has some challenges yeah. and struggles. And we see we see a lot of her character like we see the depth of her character. We see what she struggles with. She struggles mm-hmm. with anger mm-hmm. underneath all of that. And we see like how she works with it mm-hmm. and how she is able to, you know, perfume is like a, a character of control. And we learn this. She, she talks about how she can control plants. She's controlling herself. She's very controlled. It's even true. though she gives, even though she gives off this very hippy dippy kind of like loose energy, she is always in control. She and doesn't so we like get to, to get angry no she doesn't and so we get to see this really rich kind of conversation um that perfuma is having with control both through how she works with the plants in this episode which she can't control and how she works with herself where she's constantly trying to control herself because she didn't do her rituals to be in control that's a very good point um and i was thinking of it more in terms of her struggling to come back from i can't do it so i'm just going to give up yeah versus people saying no we believe in you give it another yeah. shot coming back from you know if i don't believe in myself should i just give up or what is what is that messy trying harder look like hmm it's that too it's all of those things because this is a good show yes yes it's a multivalent <laughs> situation with multiple layers of yeah. meaning. So, because this is a well written yeah. fucking show, Amen that's to why. That. 
Yeah. So let's go back to the scene. Perfuma has just recentered herself with her own mantra. Mm -hmm. And she explains to Bo, I greet each dawn with a centering morning ritual to make sure I am my best self. But today my ritual was interrupted and now I am here surrounded by cacti. Cacti that hate me. And she starts sobbing. And she flings herself on Bo and says, how am I ever going to use them to move this ship? Oh, Oh, poor Perfuma. So she's finally admitting what is going on inside, which I think is healthy. Totally, totally. She's totally going through it. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it doesn't matter because as Bo points out, there's no ship. There's a huge empty hole in the ground. There's a huge empty hole in the ground. dramatic... Western guitar twang. Yeah, I like this. I like this guitar part. Yes, yes, that's a major so, reveal. Major reveal. Um, and <laughs> Adora is just like out of breath, panting, sweating. Stupid move, Adora. You didn't bring water, and you're running through the desert. But we love you just the same. Yes, we do. And can not believe the Lord took the ship, and then you know has to dig in that oh yeah i could have run more yes Hantara, fine <laughs> she's fine yep. she's just like yep strolls right in yeah yep. and Huntara points out that it also it, it it's not necessarily the horde that took the ship it mm-hmm. could have been any number of crimson waste scavengers and i could have run more too <laughs> butch offs butching to butch yes. down so the butch off has not concluded yet Perfuma, not as disappointed as these guys. Oh, well, looks like we'll just have to come back another day. Perfuma. So this is the perfect moment for Bo's magical iPad to ring. Yeah, of course. Also, like, okay, so Bo, you know, says, oh, I souped up my pad so Glimmer can, you know, check in. Okay, so. Maybe he should have given it a silent mode. No. Yes. First of all, I have that written somewhere else in that, like, he should have had airplane mode yeah. turned on or a silent mode. Did he build a new cell tower in the Crimson Waste? Did know, he upgrade right? the OS? I don't I don't know. Hey man, but I'm not allowed to question the fact that moons can't make light without a sun to reflect it off. Then we can't worry about cell towers. Yeah, definitely. It's magic <laughs> and tech combined. It's magic. Yes. You mean. But no, this is actually tech. It's not magic. It's yeah. Anyway, it's magic. It, it, it's tech that's set in a world of magic. So right, we exactly. That, we can't get too nitpicky. Right. No, the technology itself is magic, yes. as well as the magic itself being technology. It's all intertwined yes. in this gooey little, gooey soup that spits out at Perfuma from cactuses. Yes. Um, so. So Hunter and Dora both spring butchly into action stances when the yep. iPad rings because they're but, ready you know, for whatever. It, because they're ready to battle an iPad and well, they don't know it's an iPad yes. yet, but Bo pulls it out and is like, no, hold on. I got to take this call. Yeah. And, you know, FaceTimes and Glimmer FaceTimes with him. It was like, hey, how's the mission? Did you get the ship yet? How are we doing? And, uh, and Bo's all ready to be like, well, this is fucked up. But Adora's like doing the like physical comedy of the person behind you gesticulating wildly for you to shut up. Yep. As yes. And then the butch off reaches a new phase. New phase Tracking. of butching. Yep. So they don't tell well, just before we get to tracking, yes. just wanna let them know that, you know, 
Glimmer. They they hung up hang, hang up on Glimmer. They're like, nope, everything's fine. Talk later. Bye. So yes, okay. yes. and then we go to the butch off, which is them tracking. Yes. So you um, know it's all in the sand. Yep. So <laughs> Huntara eats some sand. Which we've seen, we, we see Adora do this in the other Crimson Waste one, being like, I'm an expert tracker. Yep, sand, right? We and have so seen we have Adora being an expert tracker before, but have we seen her taste sand before? Think I don't so. think so. Yep, tastes like sand. Anyway, so. <laughs> so I just we love have... it. Huntara tastes the sand and remains totally stone faced. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rubber, mechanical. You may be right. No. It was the horde. Just, just totally stone faced, no expression. And then Adora, and- <laughs> you know, is so determined. She's going to do whatever Huntara is doing. And she ends up looking yeah. like a fucking idiot with a mouthful of sand. And like, that, that, the sand. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and Bo is like, or we could follow the tracks. Yeah. That are the big fucking tracks right in front of them. Yeah, Bo makes them both look like idiots. Yeah, they're dumbasses, but yeah. that's fine. Like we could fo- follow these entirely obvious, deeply rutted tracks. Yep, yeah, they're that are right there in front of us. They say there's like a big sign on top that blinks tracks. Yeah. You know, yeah, right? But instead, they're both like, "Let's have some sand souffle," yes, right? Yes. Like so. Anyway, so they're like, "Okay, well, I guess that works." So, you know, we cut to them trudging through the waste and like any good scene where you see that people are trudging through the desert, they're being circled by birds. Buzzards. Buzz. They're being buzzed by buzzards. Birds of prey. Or they're not really birds of prey. They're birds that feed on dead things. So they're just waiting for you to die. They're waiting for you to die. Yeah, they're scavengers. Yes. So Huntara like does the like, oh, duh, I know where we we, we are type of of thing. I should have known. And Bo's (laughs) like, uh, should you though? Because I don't see anything. And Perfuma's ready to leave. She's like, oh, well, we tried. No, well, nope, done. Let's go home. Blah, blah, blah. And before them, a valley stretches out. Yes, Huntara speeds up to get to the edge of the cliff so that we can see what she sees. And she says, don't give up yet, flower girl. And before them, we see finally. We see the Valley of the Lost. Yes, it's a smuggler's haven in my home. Jenny, do you want to describe the Valley of the Lost? Sure. So basically, it's like there's this sheer cliff and then like both at the bottom of this sheer cliff face and all along the sides is this city, but it's like a pre-industrial revolution city. It's not like a Mm -hmm. cement city. Right. You know, but there's got like bridges down the side of the cliff face and we've got some horde soldiers and we've got, it's a huge population of houses, bridges, huge population. houses, yeah. bridges, people. We've got non-humanoid people, all all kinds of, you know, animal-y type people. Mm-hmm. We've got some horde soldiers. We've got a blacksmith shop. We've got a bug fighting ring. We've got... Yeah, there's there's all sorts of ne'er-do-wells doing ne'er-do-well things. we as robots. I don't know how they got oh, here. I didn't notice that. Really? Aww. Because at one point... Later on, we see one of Entrapta's robots making a shady dealing with a frog guy for a new arm. And then oh, he, yeah. gives, he gives the money back to the frog guy. The frog guy gives him and a then new he, arm. And he puts on the and new then arm he, and uses it to beat the frog guy and take and his money back. And then he beats the frog guy. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together that that was one of 
Um, yeah, and that wasn't the only one. I saw another one yeah. like right at the very beginning when they first started walking through. I was like, that looks like one of Entrapta's robots just sitting there. So maybe they're different yeah. robots that just happen to yeah, look it- similar. And you get like real like Star Wars vibes from here yes. too, right? Like there oh, are droids absolutely. everywhere. Like it's like it's rough. This is a place for it's rough, rough for rough people yeah. who have sort of fallen off the grid, don't have anywhere else to go, yeah. are running away from something. Yeah, you know. So they go, they go down into this place. This is where Huntara used to live. Huntara yeah, is around a corner and she sees Huntara's two, hometown. two ho- horde soldiers Then she quietly takes three robes so they can blend in and be inconspicuous. Yeah. And so Huntara, you know, kind of explains that like this is her home mm-hmm. and you know she knows everything from here nothing and can th- hide from her in this valley nothing can hide from her in this valley and we see more ne'er-do-wells and then we see horde soldiers messing with a small frog-like creature and i have written a cab includes horde soldiers oh absolutely yeah definitely um and then we see this this person in the shadows indeed their eyes blinks like sideways like a lizard it's a nictitating membrane Ooh, i didn't know that thank yes, you for the name of that as a third eyelid Ooh, i yeah, love lizards that lizards have that and so do cats and assorted other and, creatures and so does does this creature whomst we will learn about very yes, soon yes indeed so huntara sees her old goons, Goat Girl and Lizard Girl, and ooh, girl, she wants to get back at them for changing sides. I love this. I love that's like those are Catra's goons, and like those aren't hers. Those are mine that I needed to fire, yeah. and I'm gonna fire them. Yeah, yeah, she's <laughs> pissed that you know she's they pissed. were disloyal. Like she deserted yeah. them, but you know she's supposed to be the one to decide when and how ooh. they will stop being in her service. Yeah, it's like, she's like, wait a minute, I never stopped being the strongest in the Crimson Ways. Yes, yes. So, But Perfuma thinks that maybe right now is not the time, it's best to avoid confrontation. Huntara is not about not fighting. But yeah, I love I love that line, I don't like not fighting. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah. I get it, yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, we get it, we get it. Yeah. But Adora agrees with Perfuma right now, they'll be ridiculously outnumbered. Because the horde is all around them. And their mission is to find the ship, not beat up people we don't like. Yep. So Huntara's like, okay. She says, this is still my home and I know who can help. And so they are off to find who Huntara thinks can help them. Yes. And then we go to... The gayest moment so far. This is one over to our is, horde friends. This is over to our horde pals. This is a gayest moment. Yes. Um. So we have you know, Catra's giving orders. Scorpia. She's got her own magical is, iPad. Horde issue. She's got, yeah, it's, you know she's she's checking off boxes and stuff. Scorpia's fumbling with stuff. She's got a box of junk. She's got a box of junk. Catra's like, be careful with the junk. So of course you know. Scorpio is not careful with the junk. She's, she's trying to be careful. She's, she's trying, trying, but so it's like hard. she's nervous now. Yeah, but also it's like it's like an unwieldy pile of junk. Yeah, and so she like, doesn't have fingers. 
Yeah. Also, um, the way that Scorpio says sorry. Sorry. And I'm like, oh. I didn't really hear that. I didn't hear that. Yeah. But I'll yeah. take your word for it. Well, Lauren Ash is Canadian. So the way that she uh, said it, I totally hear uh, it. It was a sorry. Oh, and I'm, I'm like, so sorry uh, about that. Th- this, I'm so this sorry is, about that. This is not what I want to be happening right now. Like, yeah. there's so, oh, my heart just breaks. You know, like, yeah. all she wants to do is do a good job in front of her crush. And she's yeah. blowing it. And, and she she's knows like, that she's like, in that moment, she's like, this is not what I want to be happening right now. And my heart is just breaking for her. I know. So that is I know. really, really gay. In a way that's distressing because, like, you know, we all, many of us, maybe not all of us, but most of us probably know how it feels to know that you're blowing it in front of your crush as it's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, Scorpio is being a total lesbian disaster here. Yes. And we love her. We love her. And we, we feel for that. But that is not so, the end of the gayest moment. It's but that is not the one. end. It's just part one of an incredibly gay, gay moment. Yes. It's a string of moments. So really. just rolls her eyes as Scorpio walks away and she goes back to tap in on her little evil horn iPad. And then her ear twitches and she hears someone behind her. But it's Scorpio back so soon. Yeah, she's back really fast. And yeah, the catcher's like, that was fast. And Scorpio's like, what, did you miss me already? And we're like, Her what? Her entire body language has changed. Right, she's Scorpius? standing tall, looking yeah, very she... unconcerned. Yeah, confident, mm-hmm. a little a little sassy. Yep. So Catra says, just don't drop anything else. And Scorpio's like, no, they got this covered. I, I'd rather hang out here with you. And is flirting and the flirtiest flirt that we've ever flirted and Scorpio does not do the this the most confident flirting and yes. also I was kind of like yo damn okay fake Scorpio yeah. okay yeah. alright yeah. I'm here this for is this great. Um, but obviously not Scorpio and right right so Catra, Catra knows immediately this. is not buying this she growls and pushes Scorpio up, Scorpio up against a crate right. and says what is going on and yeah, then because she's Scorpia like walks back into the room, still apologizing. Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm just I'm, so sorry. I am so sorry. And then this real is a, Scorpia oh, oh. sees fake Scorpia, and it's the best thing ever. She says, "Okay, this, this this is a thing that I am seeing. Are you also seeing two of me? Oh, I have a twin. I've always felt this emptiness inside, and like there was someone who would just understand. Oh, this is making Aww. so much sense to me." And then she takes a breath and says, oh, who am I kidding? Hordak probably cloned me. I signed a lot of paperwork at some point. I love that. I love that. Like, oh, I signed a lot of paperwork. Yeah, yeah it's that like, whole thing from like, ex- <laughs> the whole thing is just like, oh, oh, my God, I have a twin. Oh, it makes so much sense. It's so perfect. Uh, no, who am I kidding? No, I probably no. sold my soul to the devil and now I have a clone. <laughs> like, oh, well. Aww. Yeah, and, and she's got the only child lonelies of yeah, this. So you know, like, you can hear it go through. She has this whole rant and the whole time Catra is still like grabbing on to fake Scorpio by the shoulders and they're just standing there mm-hmm. perfectly still and, and Catra's eyes just twitching. Mm, yeah, yeah. And Scorpio's like, okay, yep. Be quiet now. <laughs> and yep. And, and then Katra is just like this gay upon gay upon thing gay. It's just like compounding gay. Just like gay, 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 gay. Katra's like, who are you? And what are you trying to pull? And then this other Scorpia turns into like this Smiles like 
smiles deviously, first of all. Yeah, we have to have that. The yes. smiling deviously that is, because this person's that defining is a, characteristic. Yeah, that is their defining characteristic. Yes, yes is smiling deviously yes. and then transforms into Catra. Yes. And while they are mid transformation, they have this like negative empty space kind of mm-hmm. appearance with like yeah. little green sparklies. Mm-hmm. And then they transform, as you said, into Katra. And Katra like, shrieks and then jumps back. Yeah, I'd be fucking freaked out too. Oh, of course. And I'd also be like, does my hair look like that? <laughs> really? Yeah. It parted there? I thought it parted it on the other. Oh, yeah. it's mirrors. Mirror, That's mirror why. Mirror images are always very, yeah. very freaky. That would freak me out. So everyone's freaked out, and then so we leave them in suspense. We leave them with Ah! Scorpio, Scorpio now gasping between the two catras. We're gonna leave them to figure this shit out, and we're gonna hop back over to our friends in the Valley of the Lost. Yep. Aww. Um, Huntara leads her little flock to her contact in her old hideout. Hmm. And I have a little mini gayest moment here. Yes, please. So, so Perfuma is a little like unsure and is like, are we sure we can trust her contact? And Huntara kind of turns around and like gives a little flirty smile and is like, you scared? And I'm like, I don't know who she's flirting with, but she flirt with everybody and that's gay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she's flirting with Perfuma. I'm pretty sure she is too, but Adora takes it and is like, no. Yeah. It's like, okay, Adora. It's just going to respond to everything as a challenge at this point. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it was to Perfuma. Yeah. 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 So Huntara's best buddy is an old gorilla woman named Grox with a mechanical uh, Grox. arm. Grox is great. That's totally fucking badass. Fucking badass. Yeah. And so Huntara comes in and is like, who would pay for this junk? And, Gro- you know, they kind of like bro down, you know, yeah. like when you like go this, into like, your friends. They have this like negging bro relationship. Yeah. It's like when you go, like you see your friend you haven't seen in a while and it's like, who's this asshole? And it's yeah. like, who's this asshole? And then you <laughs> hug and cry. And then you just keep sobbing because you yeah. haven't seen them in it's like 10 years. Kind of fr- I don't think these two would cry. They have a certain no, kind of I, friendship where, like, this is how I'm they projecting. This is their love language. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. So being think, dicks, so it seems. Being, right? Yeah. I mean, they have this kind of like butch pals relationship. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> like they definitely like sit and just like drink and punch each other for fun. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you know you know grox is like okay well you shouldn't be here come inside it's not safe right and, and the rest Huntara's- of the gang is hiding yeah because so it's Huntara- not safe here anymore it's not because safe the because the crimson waste is infested with horde scum horde scum we hate them yep and <laughs> she spits at perfuma does she spit at Perfuma or does she just spit at the ground and Perfuma happens to be the nearest person? No, she spits in the direction of Perfuma. I'm, I think there's like a spittoon around there somewhere. Right. And, but Perfuma like gets hit. Oh, I did not even notice that. Yeah. Perfuma so gets much going on. Spit upon. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Grox is still kind of broing out. It's like... Things here haven't been easy, but you're a sight for yeah, sore eyes. Yep. And like, she Huntara puts her mechanical really... arm around Huntara. Yeah, yeah. And Huntara's like, "Oh, my bros here." Like, yeah. And I think they're bros. They might have oh, like yeah. a past relationship, but like, oh, I, think I think they're, they're at bros. bros. Yeah. And they're bros. Yeah. They're bros yeah. at this yeah. point. Yeah. And you and know, Huntara's like, I. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to get some help. 
yeah, from her yeah, bro. Yeah, and she says, yeah, you know, you two, like, you know, you are also a sight for sore eyes. Happy to see you, you know. Yeah. And and like you said, says that they need help. And Grox says she's got just the thing. She starts rooting around through a junk pile. And Bo notices right away something that maybe he should if you see something say something Bo yeah why didn't he say something that's our slogan here in New York City yeah maybe it was too quick but he sees Grox throw out like a jacket or a flag it's a horn jacket because it comes up later that Bo still has it and it's got the combat on it so yeah so and is like oh here's a horn jacket just just hanging out here that Grox just threw. Yeah. Maybe he was like working out how do I let them know that I've seen this without letting Grox uh-huh. know? Like he's right. trying to formulate a strategy, but it, it happens so quickly. It does happen really quickly. Yeah. So she so, takes out this horn that yep. very clearly does not have an opening on the small end, but. Yeah, I noticed know. that too. I thought it was like the drinking yeah, horn. Yeah, it's like a drinking horn, but you know. Right? Whatever. Like the one that the one that Huntari eats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the edible drinking exactly. horns. Exactly. Ah, say lovey. I love you. So, so you, you know, Grox says, "Yep." Now, before I do this, I need you to remember one thing, one very important thing. Gesticulating with a finger. The very important thing. This is the Crimson Waste. Trust no one, and then ah, no betrayal. Yep, yep. That's exactly it. She blows the horn. Shields have got the rebel intruders. Oh no! And Huntara is so shocked. Is super her shocked. Best buddy betrayed her. Yeah, I mean, I'd be shocked too, even if my best buddy was an awesome scumbag. Yeah, because they were awesome scumbags that had each other's together. Backs. Yeah, you, or, know, you know, honor amongst thieves. Exactly. As as yeah. Huntara says at the end of the episode, this used to be a place where an honest criminal could make a living. And I get that. I get that too. You know, I understand it. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> they do have a moral code. They absolutely do have a moral but now code. But the just, horde is here, it's kind of all gone out the window because right. the horde isn't going to honor that moral code. And no, it's become no. a really vicious dog-eat-dog situation. Yeah. And then we hear the dreaded words that Huntara has mm-hmm. gone soft. Mm-hmm. Not soft. Rock says the Huntara she knew would have seen this coming. Yep. Yeah. And, so and of course, Huntara wants to stay and beat the shit out of Grox. Yeah, she's pissed. I don't blame her. But, but horde soldiers are coming. They gotta go. Yeah, yeah. They can't really just sit there and just punch everybody no, all the time. No. They should probably run because they have a mission. Yes, yes. They do have a mission, so they run out the back and are blocked by horde soldiers and goons. And everyone powers up and gets into fighting stances, except Perfuma, who's looking very unsure of herself. And Adora powers up, tells Perfuma, Cactus, block off the alley so the Horde soldiers can't surround them. And everyone is doing their thing. And Perfuma, she does try. She really tries to do her thing with the cactus. She even she says, really you does. can do this out loud to herself. Yeah. But, no, but it's not. It's mm, not happening. It's not happening. The cactus just shakes violently and then before you think oh fuck yeah good job perfuma it shoots needles at perfuma and she's just covered only at perfuma yeah and it just covers her in needles and that does not sound like super fun acupuncture no no that 
That sucks. Yeah, no, I love acupuncture, but that does not look fun. No, this does not look fun. I don't think that cactus is certified. I don't think so either. It's not a certified no. practitioner. So Definitely this not. Is not happening. They do not have any advantages. This is not the moment to fight. Huntara grabs Perfuma and flees down an alleyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, we have some, some chasing, some chasing, some She-Ra, some fighting. And then Bo's eye, tracker iPad rings right. again. And now, as soon as they found a perfect hiding spot. Yeah. It's the so perfect hiding. time for Glimmer to call for a mission update. And what the hell? Put your tracker pad on airplane mode. Yeah. Right. Silent yeah, mode. Bo did not Get think texts. it all the way through when he made just this upgrade. Just shoot a text. Yeah. He could have just like... You know, did the thing where, you know, you like cancel it, uh, the thing, and then you just shoot a quick, can't talk now, running from enemies text, <laughs> right? Like, who he hasn't sent that didn't text? didn't think it all the way through. This is new no. technology. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, you know, when you like, you get a new phone and you're like, oh, why isn't this working? So maybe it's that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Bo picks up, says, like, Shh, we're being chased through a smuggler's den. And Glimmer's stoked. She's so into it. She wants to be there. This is so much more fun than her day. Than whatever she's of doing. meetings. Yeah. But Bo's like, no, 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 no. I have to call you back. And Glimmer's like, no, no, don't hang up on me. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they, it's Sorry, not like Glimmer. he can just sit there and gab. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, you know. Hold on, let me put you on FaceTime and show you when we're running away from the enemies. Yes. Like, don't need that shit. Yes. So very comedic little fighting shenanigans going on. And now we are back with our horde pals. Yes. And so we can see now because before when we were with the horde with our horde pals, I was like, where are we? Are we in the fright zone? I was totally unsure. But now we can see where we are. We are in the undisclosed location where the horde is keeping Mara's ship somewhere else in the Crimson Waste. That is where we actually are. Cool. Cool. And we also have two catras, which yes. I ain't mad about. Two catras, one scorpia, no waiting. No waiting. And we're like, well, we're all very confused yes. until other catra who has this, the way AJ does, like the voice and the intonations yes. for other catra yes. is wonderful. Yes, yes. Yes, catra number two introduces themselves as double trouble with delight and theatricality. Telling I catra, love it. I'm about to become your new best friend. And we now meet Double Trouble, who is our wonderful yet kind of problematic non-binary character. Yes. Which I would love to do just a really quick thing about who Double Trouble, who the actor that plays Double Trouble is. Yes, please. Um, so Double Trouble is played by uh, Jacob Tobia, who is a genderqueer author, activist, and actor. So they're notable for their 2013 charity run across the Brooklyn Bridge in five-inch heels. Wow. Which I think is I fun. I did not yeah. know that. And they raised ten thousand dollars for Ali Forney Center, which you know we it's also do. Fantastic! Yes, yeah. yes, it's true. I tell you what, if you run across the Brooklyn Bridge in five-inch heels, you deserve ten thousand dollars. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they were also featured in two MTV shows: The T Word with Laverne Cox and True Life. I'm gender queer. I feel like <laughs> I'm like True Life. I'm gender queer. Sorry, I just 
Yeah, I mean that's a pretty, I, I, I just pretty flashy reality TV type title. Yeah, yeah. I know, I love it. Uh, they also wrote the 2019 memoir *Sissy: A Coming of Gender Story*, which was optioned by Showtime to be developed into a TV series. Cool. Um, they were chosen. I think that's cool. I'd yeah, watch that. No, absolutely. Um, they were chosen to be a spokesperson for the gender nonconforming makeup brand. I believe it is pronounced Fluid. It's like fluid with an E, so it's fancy. Yeah. Um, so they promote, which is really, so here's the fun thing about that. They per, they have like lip colors, like, you know, like lipstick colors that mm-hmm. are named after queer spaces, which is fun. Nice. I would buy um, that. Yeah, it's super fun. Uh, in addition to their work on She-Ra, they were also, they also had a role in the series Transparent. So yeah, we love it when non-binary actors play non-binary roles. Fuck yeah, and we do. And throughout the series, um, I don't want to get into it right now, but throughout the series, I do want to kind of continue the conversation of why is our non-binary, our only non-binary character a shapeshifter? Yeah, it's problematic. So we're going to, I want to keep kind of going through that throughout the series, but for now, let's just say... I'm not stoked about it, but I also love that there is a non-binary character and it's played by an actual non-binary actor. Yes, I agree with that. So, yes, my only real thoughts about that as first of all, as a non-binary non-binary person, it really doesn't matter what I think um, because it's not my place. Yeah. Um, but my only thought, you know, when I was thinking it through was, you know, Endy is a non-binary person, but had not come out as a non-binary person at the time that they were making Shira. So I thought it's possible that on some level they were working some stuff out subconsciously through Double Trouble. And maybe I'm way off the mark. And that, you know, I have plenty of space for people to work stuff out through their art and their creative processes. Absolutely. Because the I, art yeah. is very personal. Absolutely. And they're not, you know, it's not like they're the baddest evil that ever that ever eviled. They're a wonderful no, they're a trickster. Double trouble like, is a chaotic neutral as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah they're a trickster character. Yeah. Um, which we will an, also that's talk an about. It's unfortunate thing. It's like why if you're only gonna have one non-binary character, why would you play into that one stereotype? Right. And we, you know, we will also talk about non-binary, uh, non-binary characters as tricksters. Uh, and Double Trouble is a trickster in future episodes, but I have other smart brain things that I really cool. want to talk about. Cool. So but we do love, I mean, I love Double Trouble. I love Double Trouble too. They are wonderful. Absolutely. So. So Catra puts so, Double Trouble in handcuffs and Double Trouble is so offended. I know. Because Catra uh, clearly has not appreciated uh, the art if she's no, th- putting them in handcuffs. This is art. I mean, look at this art. Yes. But also completely unruffled. Double Trouble is the sovereign of unruffledness. I love it because Double Trouble kind of exists like outside of all boundaries. Yes. Like boundaries of shape, boundaries of gender, boundaries of sex, boundaries of of expectations, uh, of of expectations, morality, Mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. So Catra says, enough of this. What do you want from me? Double Trouble says, it's not what I want from you. It's what you want from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is how we get Double Trouble to take their own shape because Catra says, all I want is for you to stop being me. And Double Trouble says, oh, sorry, I plain forgot. Sometimes I just get so lost in my character. And that's when they blink their third eyelid, also called mm-hmm. the nictitating membrane. 
thank you. And that's what me. And there's still Catra at this point. And so Catra gasps when she sees this. She's like, mm-hmm. whoa, who are you? And she jumps back. And that's when Double Trouble stands up, spins around, and regains their own form. Ta da! So I would like to read this and then this is going to transition into a smart brain moment. And Jenny, this is probably one of the smart brain moments I am most excited to do in this entire series. Oh my gosh. And when I start it, you will know why. Awesome. Okay. Hit me, so baby. Double tr- so Catra says, this is really what you look like. And Double Trouble sits down and says, more or less. And says, of course, we all wear costumes. I just happen to be able to wear other people as costumes for a price. So, Jenny. Yes, Meth. When I heard this, I thought immediately of performance of identity. And from there, I'm very excited to say we finally get to talk about Judith Butler. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. (laughs) We, because double trouble, we have our non-binary character talking about costumes, talking about personas, talking about performance of identity. We're finally going to talk about daddy fucking Butler. So here we go, people. Judith Butler. Let's do this. Judith Butler. Let's do it. Very excited. Professor smart brain moment. Long time waiting. Judith fucking Butler, not their actual middle name, but it is for our purposes, was born February 24th, 1956 in Cleveland, Ohio. They were raised and still could consider themselves to be Jewish which is awesome and pretty much invented gender. Okay, I mean, that's so they a didn't... bold claim, but go on. Oh, okay. Well, it's not entirely true. They did not invent gender, yes. but the idea that gender and sex are different and do not determine each other, that gender is a performance and that the idea of identity as free and flexible and gender as a performance, not as an essence of person. That's Judith Butler. Judith Butler invented Tumblr gender. So the ideas of gender as performance was developed by Judith Butler in their massively, massively important book, Gender Trouble, in 1990. And was ho- Jenny is giving the biggest, happiest, like, agreeing nods right now, folks, because this is like, this is big. Uh, and honed these uh, ideas in two separate and subsequent books, Bodies That Matter in 1993 and Undoing Gender, and uh, 2004, which I love undoing gender. That's a great one. Though we will. Anyway, they're one of the most important and impactful contemporary philosophers of the 20th and 21st century. So much so that during a visit to Brazil in 2017, a protesting crowd burned an effigy of them. Wow. Yes. Because they destroy gender because they created gender. So if you want to have your brain tingle and you like really incredibly dense sentence structures and contemporary continental philosophy, pick up at least gender trouble and a notebook and a highlighter and a thesaurus. Yeah, it's very dense. Take your damn time. It's dense, but it's incredibly rewarding. So what does this have to do with the performance of identity? Okay, so Butler describes performativity which was what we're talking about now, gender performativity. So Butler describes performativity as that reiterative power of discourse to produce the phenomena that is that it regulates and constrains. So I had to like think about that. So I'm going to translate that. In other words, you keep doing, saying, being something long enough 
in this case referring to the conversation, the performance of self. <laughs> in this case, it's referring to the conversation of the performance of the self being presented is having with the external world. Okay. That the definition within itself is dense. It becomes the thing you are as opposed to the thing you are supposed to be. Does that make sense? Kind of. It does to me. And this is in conversation with like a base level understanding of semiotics. Semiotics yes. meaning we understand that as human beings in a society, we assign meaning. We are the ones yes. that assign meaning to everything. Right. There is yes. no inherent meaning. You know, so, you know, our identity is what we make it. So we perform our identity. So we are what we think we are. We are what we, we are decide we, to be. We are what we perform. Right. So all identity is the performance of identity. Yes. So uh, our identity is the act that becomes the real thing. Our acting in this identity becomes what is understood to be like a like the real thing of what it is. And double trouble. And even who the is word our real. Sorry. I, the idea the, the idea of realness in this context is is sticky and and untethered. So we exactly. could interrogate that concept of realness a lot deeper if you're going to go deep into Judith Butler. There is no there's, there's no real real. <laughs> there's no real real. But for our intensive purposes, it is how the self interacts with the external material world. Yes. So that that's where we are. Like I said, folks, this is dense. And even the boiling down of the concepts are dense. Yes, I got um, really excited once when I realized that I could explain what I was learning about Judith Butler as an undergrad to the outside world through RuPaul. And this is way before RuPaul was even really that famous. Oh, yeah, I've done this before, yeah, too. RuPaul yeah. once said, you know, very famously, we're all born naked. The rest is drag. And yep. I was like, that's Judith Butler in a nutshell. That's Judith Butler in a nutshell. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I've done that before as well. So we're all born naked and the rest is drag. And that's pretty much what Double Trouble is saying. Yes. Um, and I love that we are getting this from our shape-shifting non-binary character who understands just as like gender is a performance or a costume, so is the concept of our external identity. Yes. That is my nugget. It is the tastiest, wanna... tastiest nugget tastiest nugget that you could ever taste on daddy butler the inventor of gender hallelujah hallelujah so if you really if you want to like really get your mind in this like beautiful place and really deeply understand kind of like one of the like seminal uh scholars in queer theory Read yeah. Gender Trouble. Yeah, yeah. And it goes without saying, of course, that this is all in, you know, a Western white people context, that there are many yes. other understandings of gender in other cultures. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. You know, this is not in dialogue with that are equally valid and equally important. Absolutely. And Butler, Butler pretty does a pretty good job of acknowledging that as well. Butler is pretty rad yeah, also. Yeah, and I have to admit, I haven't read all of her later works. Um, mm -hmm. I studied Gender Trouble when I was an undergrad. I graduated from Smith in 2003. I'm old, mm -hmm. so I have not read all of her more current works. Yeah, and I read uh, Undoing Gender in college. Um, so that's how I'm familiar. That, that was my first introduction to it. Yeah. So I kind of went backwards through it. Yeah. But... If I, missed, if I missed anything or if I messed up anything key about... 
Judith fucking Butler. This is one of the times where you can email us at heyadorcast at gmail.com and we will be more than happy yeah, to I mean, continue to talk about this. This is just the beginning of the conversation. It's just a yeah. talking for a few minutes. We could talk This is talking for, for hours a few and minutes hours about this shit. I mean, we are queer as shit and we're both like, you know, media philosophy intellectual nerds about this stuff. So yes. when I say that Jenny and I could talk for hours about Judith fucking Butler, I I mean it. Oh yes. Oh yeah. So Dead serious. That, was one of the most exciting Professor Smartbrain moments I've been excited for. We finally talk about Judith Butler. Thank you. If you were waiting for Judith Butler on your Heodora scorecard, you can click it off. Yes, you can take that shot now. Boom. Thank you so much, Meth. Thank that you, was Jenny. Very eloquent. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. We're still back to Double Trouble, who is essentially saying that, like, you know, you're all born naked and we're all born naked and the rest is drag. Yes. But I will be any drag you want if you pay me. Yes. And Double Trouble has an even greater advantage than anyone else because they can put on other people as the costume. But that alone mm-hmm. is not the extent of their skills. And they are highly oh, offended no. when Catra suggests that that alone is their skill because it's not enough to just look like another person if you cannot act the part. Yes, they are an actor. The, they they are, are. Yes, they are all about the theater. They are about the theater. Yes. <laughs> they speak naturally. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they are, they are thespian. I really feel like if um, Seahawk and Mermista ever broke up or had a timeout or decided to have an open relationship or any scenario like that, Double Trouble and Seahawk would make an amazing couple. Oh my God, they would be such queens together. Because the amount of drama and theatricality between them, I just feel like they would appreciate each other so much. See, I don't think they'd make an amazing couple. I think they'd always try to like outdo each other, but they'd be an entertaining couple to watch. Mm, I don't know. I guess it could go either way. It could go either they way. Be- but They have a beautiful moment at the end of Boys Night Out. or they, they, Is it they Boys re- Night Out or is it Mer Mysteries? We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. There are a bunch of really entertaining episodes all in a row in the second half of this season. And we love our Double Trouble. Yes, we do. I love Double Trouble. I I think Double Trouble is great. I do too. So Big, big fan. Big, big fan. Oh, and also Double Trouble's other gifts are including just having a knack for getting out of tight spots. And boop, no cuffs. Yeah, if you're a shapeshifter, you could probably get out of any handcuffs any cagey tight spot situation yep can just make your wrists skinnier yep and so we see Katra's wheels a turning in that brain of hers saying and what you can change it a great it. Katra smirk uh-huh yes. and says you can change into anyone anytime yep and i had a little gayest moment here for a second because i'm like okay but i know that's not what she's oh, talking yeah. about but it's kind well, of the gayest moment yeah, for no, me i mean it works uh, and then isn't yeah. it perfect timing that just at that moment a horde soldier comes running in screaming rebels in the valley that does that is really well timed Yes, because what a great opportunity for a little what a great opportunity audition, whatever. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So we have we cut to our horde soldiers that are patrolling and looking for our rebels that are indeed in the valley. Yes, 
Um, they're in their little hiding spot. Adora peeks out. And they are, we see that they are still secure in their little hiding spot. She turns back to Perfuma, who's still covered in cactus needles, and asks her, Perfuma, what happened back there? And, and Perfuma just explodes. She's been really trying to hold all this shit in and yeah. keep a, a positive spin for the outside world. She finally just lets it all out. And she yells, I hate cacti. There, I Aww. said it. I love and honor all things except cacti. And I, I mean, don't, we all have our limit. Yeah, we do. I yeah. don't like spinning or the crimson waste. It's full of negative energy. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, and uh, and I, I'm with you, Perfuma. It's you know, maybe the crimson waste isn't the only thing full of negative energy. Just throwing that out. There. Well, you know, it's good that she's finally being honest. Absolutely, um, she's letting it out. Yeah. yeah, and for once, instead of teasing her or negging her, Huntara is actually on the same page with Perfumer now. They are literally sitting side by side in almost the exact same position with the same body mm-hmm. language, and Huntara angrily agrees with her and says, "Well, it wasn't always like this. It used to be a great place where an honest criminal could carve out a life." I know. And Perfuma says, well, it's terrible now. And Hattara says, I know. And they both put their heads in their hands at the exact same time. Like, they are on the same page right now. They are on the same page right now. And then we get, you know, the Bo's phone rings again. Yep, time for another video chat with Glimmer. Another another FaceTime. And Glimmer's like, did you hang up on me? And it's like, "Uh, yeah, dude. We were running for our lives. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Also, the Horde has Mara's ship. Yeah, but Glimmer is still unfazed by any of the things that have gone wrong. She thinks this sounds super fun compared to her boring day of meetings. In fact, don't do anything else until she gets there. She's coming. And it's like, no, no, we did that. And now, you know, Glimmer hangs up. she's gone. She's not waiting for anyone to finish their sentences right now. And, you know, Adora's like, well, we can't wait for Glimmer either. Like, we have to get this shit done. Yeah, they have to take action. Luckily, Techmaster Bo has an awesome Techmaster Bo idea. Oh, what is it? Because he grabbed that horde jacket from Grox back in the hideout, and it has a little horde comm badge on it. And he can use that comm badge to track where all the other horde soldiers are. Because luckily, he has a little connector cable. It's like a universal, yeah. it's a universal adapter, Jack. Yeah, I love that. It's like, hold on, let me just grab this. You, like, I'm like, do you just have that hanging off? A little universal okay. USB. Yeah, no, I loved it. And I was like, okay, yeah. sure, so whatever. That is, it's the best idea anyone's had so far. Yeah, and you know what? It's a great idea. Yeah, it shows him a little map of the valley, and it shows him where all the Horde soldiers are clustered. And, and that has to be where the ship is. Has to be where the ship and we, is. So we and get a perfect little fade he, as he's saying, mm-hmm. and there's our ship. But we see a little video screen map of the valley and it fades to the actual real life version of it. And we see the hole in the ship and there it is. It's really convenient. They found a bit, big enough fucking pit for that huge ass spaceship. I mean, a lot of deserts are have a lot of like cliffs and you know, sure. it's, it's a cliffy, it's a cliffy type kind of desert. It's a, it's a cliffy kind of desert. Yeah, it's plateau-y kind of desert yeah. with many canyons. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of those. It's one of them. It is convenient. Yeah, yeah, but that's great for them. Yes. And, you know, they, they, so they, they come across it and Adora's 
got a plan and it depends on Perfuma. Adora still believes in Perfuma. Yes. Of course she and does. Of course she does, because she's a demon. Yeah. Uh, Perfuma's strong as shit. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Perfuma's never let them down before. No, right absolutely now, not. Perfuma has lost all faith in herself. She's yeah. sitting with her back to the rest of the group. She's got her knees pulled up to her chest. And she says, in the meekest voice possible, we should probably come up with a different plan then. It's very sad. No, and Bo and Adora try to give her a pep talk and remind <laughs> her how strong she is and how she saved both of their lives in the past. But mm-hmm. it doesn't help because she just reminds them that they weren't in the desert for those other things. And she's powerless. Right. She's like, I'm powerless in the desert. This is not my yeah. place. This is not my jam. She's just a useless flower girl. Yeah. But she's not. And Huntara recognizes that. Yes. Huntara even believes Aww. in her. Yeah. And that kind of like pushes Perfuma to be like, yeah, I can't do that. You want my help? Okay. And this is gay. It's very gay. And also, it's nice to see Huntara being secure enough to admit that she was wrong. She says, I've been wrong about a lot. I was wrong to leave my home. I was wrong about Grox. And I hope I'm wrong about you because we need your help. Yeah. And I love this. And Perfuma does a complete 180. Yeah. When faced with Huntara smiling at her and pointing positive energy at her offering her a hand asking for her help that's a gayest moment faux show totally and also perfuma loves it when you know people actually show vulnerability and because she's seeing huntara can like push herself through and be vulnerable that's true perfuma can definitely push through and be strong that's true that's true and that goes all the way back to when we first met perfuma in episode 104 Mm -hmm. um after she gave up on her own home and she's like well we might as well pack up and leave and abandon our home and our runestone mm-hmm. because you know the horde's winning and there's nothing we can do about it and then she got the note that adora was going to go try and save them and she said i remember she said to the group she's still trying even though we were so negative we have to go yeah. help we have to go help when yeah. she sees other people persevering even when she's given up it re-inspires her yes absolutely yeah also that you know but what you just said like other if other people are going to show vulnerability she'll meet them there she's like it, totally if, you know if you're gonna work on yourself i will work on myself too also you know perfume is like well if hot burly women can do it then i you know right. i'll follow them right you know yeah yeah all of these things all of these all things we love perfume we love perfume we do we do so adora powers up yeah Away we go. <laughs> I love this. So we have cocky Shira. Oh yeah. Ra- Hello. And some really dope fight scenes. Some really great Shira fight yeah, scenes. And we've got the electric guitar solo. Yeah. It's that. great. It's so fun. You know, they're shooting cannons at her. She's kicking ass. She's throwing people. Yep. Bo She's- is also fighting. Bo is, you know, shooting arrows. There's some lasso lasso time. We got we got all the shit. And then Katra shows up. Yep. So it seems. So it seems. Huh? And the two of them and do their the usual thing. They do their tussle. It's a great fight. It's yep. a really fun fight. Yep, it sure is. 
Um, so they do their tussle. They fight. Meanwhile, so. Hantara and Perfuma sneak into the area where the ship is being guarded by a total of two guards. Yeah, I don't know. Out of all, yeah, I don't. This I don't, giant I, I, swarm I like, of horde soldiers—they've only got two guys guarding well, the maybe, ship. Maybe they just maybe they thought that like, all right, if they make it past everybody else, like you know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're overconfidence. or maybe they're maybe they're elite guards. I mean, they're not. Yeah, like chalk it up to overconfidence in this situation. Overconfidence, yeah, bad, poor planning yes, on the horde's yes. part. So Perfumo really tries to get these cacti to grow enough to she lift does. the ship out of there. Yeah. Um, but so she really enough. tries. Even with Huntara helping her focus and doing her mantra with her unironically, uh-huh. it's still not quite enough. Even though it's, still it's not significant enough. improvement, it's not enough. Yes. It's not enough. But what does Perfumo see when she looks around this canyon that they are in, Mef? Roots! She sees Perfuma roots. Perfumo sees roots. 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 She got good roots. They got good roots. So her confidence soars along with the ship as she lifts it up like a fucking boss on this gigantic cactus root system. And I have another Professor Smart Brain moment on cacti. Nice. Yay. So Perfuma says these cacti have the most powerful root system I've ever seen. And I'm like, okay, let's look into that. All right. So. Let's talk about cacti or cactuses. Both are valid both forms correct. of speech. Yes. Both are correct. They are members of the plant family cacti. That's, that's not, fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's fun. You know, I'm really good at reading Latin. Uh, they're native to the Americas um, and they almost exclusively exist in dry climates like the desert because they not live in like, you know, the desert. They have particular adaptations that allow them to retain and conserve water. So these include, this is fun. So they have specially adapted stems that store their water really efficiently. So cacti are are stem succulents, which means that the stem is the main organ used to store water. It stores it by being kind of fleshy on the inside. If you've ever like opened up an aloe plant, aloes are succulents. So it's kind of like that. And uh, if you've ever gone to a garden store or been on Etsy for the past 10 years, you're also probably familiar with other kinds of succulents. Um, And Perfuma is. She, you know, that whole thing of you never, I water them too little or I water them too much. Many people I know that have gotten succulents and cacti as plants also kind of have that same issue (laughs) as houseplants. So, so. And I know that many of us have heard the fact that cacti are 90% water, which is true. And these Dang. fleshy stems are why. Yep. So the stems, which is like, you know, what most cacti are just the stem, right? Are covered in a tough outer cuticle and a waxy layer, which also retains water. Very cool. Cacti do not have like leaves. They don't have leaves. Right. They don't have like thin leafy looking leaves, right? Because thin leaves have a higher surface area to volume ratio which means they lose water at a higher rate than like thick stems. So think of it like a wide, shallow pool versus a tall like tube of water. They might hold the same amount of water, but the shallow pool is going to evaporate faster. Right, because of the surface area. Exactly. So spines. Cactuses have spines, as we have learned. Um, yeah, and their spines. That? That, so their I mean, spines are, protect well. Yes, but also they are important for water retention in a couple of different ways. Oh. Um, 
other than just protection. So they are modified leaves to give you what spot they are. So they actually are kind of like leaves. They're modified leaves and at maturity, they don't contain any water. So the big reason why spines help is one, protection. They prevent herbivores from eating them and stealing all of their precious, precious water. Some cactuses have short spines called glochids and they're barbed. Glochids? G-L-O-C-H-I-D-S. That's a fantastic glochids. word. So those are the barbed cactuses and they are easily shed. Like if you knock into like any of these like cactuses with the really fine ones, um, they're barbed. They're inc- they're sm- like they fall right off. They are really difficult to remove and they cause really nasty irritations and infections. Ouch. They are not fun. Stay away from uh, the glochids. Yeah, stay away. F- stay away from the glochids. So they also trap air. Near the surface of the cactus. So the the spines actually trap air near the surface of the cactus, which creates a moisture level that reduces evaporation and uh, transpiration, which is plant sweating. And if and when the moist air is present enough, like fog or morning mist, spines can actually condense like the way that the the, um, shape of the spine can work. They can condense moisture, which then drips on the ground and is sucked up by the roots. So here's a fun fact about that. Cool. The cactuses in the Atacama Desert, which is in South America, which is the driest place in the world, have adapted to get their water from the fog that comes off the sea. So they can literally like take moisture from, from the fog. air, from yeah. the fog. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. That's yeah. cool shit. So another way that they can, you know, keep their keep their their water retained is they have like this special version of photosynthesis that i don't didn't understand when i was reading about it but know that it's special noted it's special cacti have and special photosynthesis special photosynthesis and their roots they have special roots so let's talk about their roots for a second so I don't know what perfume is meaning by like powerful here, but they're pretty cool. So first of all, they don't go deep into the ground. They spread laterally mm. then like, you know, into the ground. Like you could have a cactus that like, you know, it might be like six inches tall, but like their roots go out to like 15 inches out. They're also not very deep. So a lot of cactuses, like although they're, you know, they might spread out to, like wide they might be less than a foot underground which is very interesting for a root system hmm. um cactus roots can grow really quickly so cactuses can actually form roots really quickly when rain falls after a drought so they can like just you know if the second it starts to rain they can grow roots and they can absorb a ton of water from these like Instagrow roots. Maybe that's why they grow laterally instead of down so they can suck whatever moisture there is from the soil more efficiently. That is correct. That yeah. is exactly why. So they're not like, and like I said, like this is a majority of cactuses. Some cactuses do have like tap roots, which are, you know, the big roots that go down in the ground, but a lot of them don't. Um, and, you know, I, they're not strong per se. You know, a lot of cactuses have really fine roots and they will break after doing their job of absorbing water. So, yeah. So cactus roots are cool, right? They're really efficient at what they do. They're really good at absorbing water. But are they powerful? Like the way that we see them. Because they, the way that Perfuma does it, they look like vines, right? Like, so... I mean, these are Ethereum cacti. Maybe their sure. roots are a little different. 
their roots are a little different probably but there's my professor smart brain moment on cacti very cool and one other one other fun thing so you've probably seen in like cartoons or movies when people like slice open a cactus and there's like yep and there's water inside don't drink it right because it's like um hallucinogenic right often or poisonous some is yeah like peyote is a cactus that is hallucinogenic Mm -hmm. um it is toxic it's uh it will it will fuck up your body it will make you sick yeah it will suck don't do it and there are a couple of exceptions but i'm not a survivalist and i barely go outside so just don't talk to someone that knows way more about cactuses than me so that is professor smart brain moment on cactuses cool yeah yeah cactuses are cool i definitely know way more about cactuses slash cacti than i did before yeah cactuses cacti i definitely did not know about special photosynthesis special yeah i don't i i i read through it and i'm like i can't i don't know anything that is happening here but i do know it's special yes so i had to mention that very cool thank you but we have our cactus roots, our wonderful, yes. wonderful Ethereum cactus roots just yes. being so, so powerful. Is back to being plant boss. Huntara yep. is muchly impressed and happy to admit it. And as the ship ascends, Adora and Katra continue <laughs> fighting on a bridge. They have the a ship, wonderful fight. As the ship goes up past them. And then some really big rocks fall on top of the ship. And it makes it hard for Perfuma to continue lifting it. So Shira grabs Katra and throws her in a little makeshift cage against the side of the rock face so she can go help Perfuma and throws back her, it was fun distracting you line from the season one uh-huh. finale. And yep. she just enjoys saying that so much. She really does. That's another very gay moment, as if uh-huh. we didn't have enough gay moments in this episode. <laughs> And we won't have more. Um, And then she jumps up to the top of the ship. She smashes the shit out of those rocks. And as she's doing that, we get the sacred Avatar Shira theme music playing Uh in the background. And Perfuma is also affected by this moment. Maybe it's the sacred Ethereum planetary runestone connection kind of music. Because she she's glowing green. She's like powering up Perfuma with her princess runestone magic it's kicking into high gear and she yeah is, we have some like double avatar action going yeah, on yeah she is going into high gear these roots are you know mega super ultra charged wham mm-hmm. the shit is getting done it's getting done you know the ship goes up and she also just keeps smashing rocks and she does the thing where like she sort of swipes her sword through the air and this blast of energy radiates out and like blasts away the rocks that were on their way towards falling and now they are blasted away and yep. the ship goes up up and away mere pebbles yes everyone cheers super happy hooray, hooray, hooray. but dang how did Catcher get out of that cage we don't know, but it's fine. We don't really need to and know. We got, the ship. we got the ship. Yeah. Mission was a success. Huntara you know. apologizes to Perfuma for doubting her. Yep. Everybody had their own journey of personal growth today. Yes. Per- Perfuma says, it's all right. We were all on a journey of personal growth today. I was so wrong to insult your home. It turns out cacti have flowers too. 
and fruit and they're really yummy hmm. and she whips out a cactus flower crown that she made 10 seconds ago that she apparently now knows cactuses yes. so and good she for gives her it to Huntara, who puts it on her head ouch gay gay it's very gay gay yes cact- gay. some kinds of cactuses are delicious the kind that they make into nopales I'm yes sure and only- prickly pear I'm sure prickly pear fruit. only certain kinds of cactuses are good for that. Yes. I've never had yes. prickly pear fruit. Oh, it's awesome. Mm. Sounds good. It's really yummy. So after everyone has cheered and been happy and resolution has occurred, Hooray. it poofs glimmer in almost full body armor, in battle position, ready to jump into the into the fray. Yeah, but she's also, you know, soaked and covered in seaweed. But she's still ready to battle. She's still ready to battle, but you know she jumped there. It might have taken a. It may have taken a, a while yeah, because you know on her on her poofy yeah. directions. Yeah, she just got a little lost in the ocean. Yeah, that's why she didn't get here in time, and there's yeah. no bad guys left for her. Yeah, and she was kind. Of, she's a little disappointed. You should have waited for me, but I mean, really, should have. They, they, I think they they did everything yeah. at the right time. Adora I cheers mean, her up by pointing out that they did get the ship. Her first mission as queen was a success. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and Glimmer has it like around. yeah, hooray everybody! And then uh, Huntara refers to Glimmer as Queen Glimmer now. Yeah, and is like Queen Glimmer, and is like I need to stay and take the waste back for the rebellion and my people. Mm-hmm. So she's gonna stay and presumably kick Horde ass by herself. I mean, I'm sure there's people she can get on her side who are just waiting yeah. for a leader. Yeah. You know. She's Huntara. She's going to do her thing. Ooh, that just... I was just reminded of something. What? Just now, at the end of the episode. So, okay. So, as we learned in Once Upon a Time in the Waste, Catra was indeed the strongest in the Crimson Waste and was their leader. So... When Catra came back, was then Catra just like, hey, I'm back. Let's do stuff. So it took like no energy for her to like actually take over the Crimson Waste because they were like, oh, yeah, Catra is the strongest in the Crimson Waste. She's the boss. Yeah. I mean, she had already conquered it. So, yeah. 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 I don't know why. I don't know why it just like, oh, duh. That's what happened. Definitely correct. Yeah, so, um, you know, they have expelled Catra, so I guess Huntara could just be like, no, I'm the strongest in the Crimson Waste, because apparently that's just how you get shit done in the Crimson Waste, so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's anyway. only so much you can show in 22 oh minutes-ish. Oh, only so much yes. you can show. But so, so before we wrap up, we have Perfuma, after, you know, Huntara says to... She says to Queen Glimmer, I have to stay and Mm -hmm. take back the waste. Perfuma says, oh, say no, Glimmer. I've gotten fond of this desert rose. Gay. It's very gay. And then Huntara lifts Perfuma up under her arms like a rag doll and says, let anyone hear you calling me that and I'll throw you into another exploding cactus. And she glares threateningly for a moment. Before breaking into this huge, adorable smile and laughing. I know. And everyone has their, like, laughing at the end of a sitcom moment. Yeah. It's like, ha, ha, ha. You know, before they all jump up and, like, you know, there's a freeze frame. Right. You know. They're all in on the joke except for Glimmer. Except for Glimmer. That she doesn't get the joke. Yeah. And Adora and... side hugs her and says, you had to be there. 
Hmm, I wonder if that's going to keep coming up this entire season. Yeah, I wonder if Glimmer is destined for more FOMO. I wonder if. It's tough to be queen, man. It's tough to be the boss. Especially when you're like young and full of zest and want to go do things. Yeah, and all your dudes are out like... Yeah. Just doing, you know, yeah. all your pals are off on adventures and you got to sit there. Yeah, and- it's not like she's, you know, some level-headed, middle-aged person who has gone through years of training to do bureaucratic type things. Right. She's, you know, it's not like it's easy for her to just sit there and like go through spreadsheets, right? Yeah, like yeah. this she, is, you know, she is a passionate young person. Yeah. She is. She is. So, so we'll you know, see. We're gonna, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, you want to jump to this skiff here? So this last scene I have, so you know how like every scene you just write at the top, like where it takes place. Uh So this scene takes place, like they're just sort of driving through the empty desert. So I titled it, I've been through the desert on a skiff with no name, which I know is (laughs) kind of dumb, but you know, I have my little cheese ball moments. So we've got Scorpia, Catra and Double Trouble on a skiff zooming through the desert. Scorpia is clapping and saying bravo, bravo as Double Trouble, who is still in catcher number two shape, bows dramatically and then turns back into themselves. But you can see they still have the scratch they had on their face when they were playing catcher. Mm -hmm. So you can see, oh, yes, it was Double Trouble. As if there was any doubt. As if there was any doubt. Yeah. And they say, did you really like my audition? And Catra was like, oh, yeah, like does not cover it. Yeah. And Double Trouble saunters and is like, oh, I could have used more time to prepare, really get into your skin. And I'm like, "Okay, girl. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like we get it. You're not you don't Mm -hmm. have to be subtle at all. (laughs) Right. Okay, we get it. And Katra just, you know, kind of blows it off a little bit and is like, I grew up with Adora and you fooled her. Like, if you can do that, we can do anything. Yeah, this (laughs) is going to be fun. And I believe it will be fun. Intense. Yes. If by fun you mean terrifying. Terrifying, then yes. Yes, yes. It and we do be mean both of those things. It will be both of those things. We do mean terrifying yes, when we say yes, fun, yes. though. You know. Yes, Catra's version of fun. Catra's version of fun. This is all careening towards an ending that we probably can't foresee right now. We cannot foresee it, but hopefully. Eventually, Jenny. Yes. We're going to win in the end. Hopefully we will. (laughs) Hopefully we will. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Meth. What did we learn today? I think we learned a lot of really cool shit today. First of all, we learned that even when you're thrown into stressful situations and you haven't had time to do whatever your normal morning routine is and you're out of sorts and you feel like you are really not your best self... You can still get through it if you let your friends help you and you're not afraid to look like an idiot. Because your friends have probably also felt the same way. And they're also going to be willing to look like idiots if it'll help you get through. Oh, you can trust your pals. Yes, I love this. Yes. They've seen you at your worst. You've seen them at their worst. And you've probably also seen each other at your best. So there's no reason to hold any of that shit back. Oh, I love that, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to join us through the desert on a skiff with no name, 
You can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. So in case you haven't heard, we have a Patreon. Yeah, we do. We have a really cool Patreon. You get bonus episodes. You get to join our Discord. There's playlists. There's a live watch coming up soon. Yep. I think the one we're planning right now will have already happened by the time this airs. But there's always one upcoming. There's always a live watch coming. Video hangouts. Princess Jenny was doing a story hour. We're probably going to have more story hours in the upcoming times. And there's like... it's fun. There's All much more. All kinds of stuff you can do. Hang out with us. Hang out with each other. It's a great yeah. community. It's a great community. And many, you know, wackiness also ensues. There will be shenanigans all over the place. So you can find the link to our Patreon as well as the link to this week's Spotify playlist, The Valley of the Lost, in our show notes or at heyadora.gay. Yeah, Doc Gay. Fuck we, yeah. We fuck love yeah, that with all our little gay hearts. We really do. And remember, queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe. Ow! Ow! The desert on a horse with no name. <laughs>